And we are live. Welcome to the FFS podcast. I'm your host, Praddy, and this is episode 16. And today we're going to talk once again about Arsenal. It's kind of been a recurring topic throughout this entire podcast because they've been in the news for, I guess, right and wrong reasons. More about more for the wrong reasons, though. And who better to talk about this particular topic than an Arsenal fan? And on today's podcast, we've got Arjun. Arjun, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, hi, guys. Uh, I'm Arjun. I've been an Arsenal fan for pretty much all my life. And uh, you may have seen my brother on the earlier podcast uh, episode. Yeah, I mean, it was good to have your brother on the podcast. And uh, hopefully the listeners will also get an get an insight as to what a Tottenham fan thinks about their own club. But let's talk about Arsenal, okay? I, I Before we get to the episode topic, I just want to know why you chose Arsenal as a club to follow. Um. So... I was born in London, uh, uh, North London, maybe just a few miles off um, the em- uh, Highbury, not the Emirates, because 2004. Uh, and uh, yeah, my my uncle is he's a huge Arsenal fan. He's a member. He lives there. I used to go to all the games, but not anymore, obviously, because I don't live there uh, anymore. But uh, yeah, I've been an avid Arsenal fan ever since. All right. Okay. So. Obviously, not the best time to be an Arsenal fan right now, given how your team has been doing since probably three to four years. Um, yeah. Ever since you've been in the Europa League. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, even when you were in the Champions League, it was probably towards the end of Arsene Wenger's period at Arsenal that you guys started to struggle. But anyway, and that was further compounded against Crystal Palace this week, right? when you guys saw a 2-0 lead kind of blow in your faces. I want to know what your thoughts were on the game. Did you feel that Emery's tactics was... I mean, what did you feel about Emery's tactics? And what did you think of the match as a whole? I mean, I think that the fact that both of our goals um, were from corners, uh, from set pieces, is not great. Uh, considering that Unai Emery is supposed to be a master tactician and manager a proper football club. So clearly, it doesn't seem to be working. Um, obviously, we had more possession. We had just about more possession. And uh, it's just a classic Arsenal move to give away a tonal lead. Um, so I think Kudayabri needs to change up the tactics a little bit. The strikers were lost in the game. Nicolas Pepe really needs to step up. And I mean, obviously, the game, apart from the Xhaka controversy, was marred by a lot of VAR decisions going against Arsenal. What did you make of that disallowed goal against uh, with Socrates? Socrates, yes. Uh, I think it probably would have been a goal. I'm not sure what happened. I think it was Chambers who fouled someone and then um, it was disallowed. But it looked like Chamber himself got fouled. So... It just further proves that VAR is not still in its early stages. It's not. It's never been perfect, especially in the Premier League. So we just have to wait and see. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like personally. Yes, I do feel that it should have been the goal should have stood. Okay, given what had happened inside, right? Like you said, it felt like Chambers was pushed over, and then he subsequently then tripped 
the defender in the penalty box uh, that the tripping of the defender was what kind of clinched the deal for crystal palace and that's when we are overturned or stayed with that overturned the the goal rather and oh. I, I mean i can't really blame var completely because i think martin atkinson should have been strong enough to kind of go to the screen at this like each stadium's got a screen a var screen that the umpires can go to so i felt that he should have gone gone there and then maybe he would have had a better look about it because i've had a conversation and i've had plenty of conversations about var and i feel that the subjective decisions were are always going to be subjective and so if the umpire's call is going to be taken then i think he should go to the monitors nearby and see it so and uh, it just proves that martin atkinson is not a great referee i just think that i mean obviously you can't blame the full match on him but i think that goal could have stood well if we had a better referee I I get it. I mean, I I completely agree about referees not being great. I think the fact that no English referee was taken to the World Cup is a clear significant I mean, clear indication of how good the refereeing referees are in England. As, and I can agree on Martin Atkinson because he refereed the Liverpool versus United game and that was also rife with uh VAR controversy, the whole Oriki. Yeah, so I mean, I I agree, but what did you make of Unai Emery's tactics in terms of the midfield? Because that's been talked about a lot. So, did you feel that he's just going along with a very defensive approach, no matter at home or away? I think since the start of the season, we've just been playing out from the back, and defense they don't get involved enough because um, obviously the wing with the wing back. Um, Uh, Metal Nals and uh, Kalasenac, they uh, they run forward, and as we know, Kalasenac, especially Kalasenac, is not really defending. So we only leave those two. So the defenders, they're left to a defensive. They have to no, sorry, the midfielders are left to a defensive job, um, and which is good for uh, players like Gunduzi because he's a ball-winning midfielder, and Torreira. It doesn't always work because obviously they're going to attack from the wings, and that's what. If you see a ga- games against uh, Liverpool uh, when we lost three one, they just um, crossed it in, crossed it in, and we just sat back. That w- that worked half the time, um, and when they started attacking, we started losing the ball more. So I think that Unai Emery changed the tactics towards the um, later in the Bournemouth, Crystal Palace, and Sheffield United, made the um, midfielders more attacking. which i think was a mistake okay but let me let me ask you this okay so last season towards the end of last season the similar match was played at emirates arsenal versus crystal palace and you guys lost that match and that was a big yeah. blow because that that would have led to your champions league qualification champions league, yeah uh, however this time you only drawn so do you see any sign of improvement or the fact that you are still not able to beat a side like crystal palace and mind you crystal palace have actually done well this season they've beaten the likes of united at at old trafford yeah, they've i think i mean last season they beat even manchester city away they've they've caused liverpool troubles as well so i mean are we being too critical of arsenal by saying that oh you couldn't have beat crystal palace because they're a tough team to beat i think you know You see, the thing is, Arsenal get a lot of criticism, anyways, because like 
you said in um, a previous episode that Spurs are media darling. I think Arsenal are like the opposite of that. They always get criticism. And yeah. uh, I think the fact that Unai Emery's job is on the thread, we just lost to Sheffield United. It's not it's not a fantastic start um, to the season. And especially since the Sheffield game, we were pretty bad that time. And I think that drawing to Crystal Palace right now is unacceptable, especially a few games ago we were third and now we are sitting in fifth or sixth. Okay. I I guess, yeah, that's fair. Enough. I think given the string of results that Arsenal have put together in the past few uh, months, I guess this wasn't the best outcome despite, I mean, it, you, you, after, despite being actually, it, it's even more compounded or accentuated by the fact that you were 2-0 up, right? If, if you were trailing and then you had made some sort of a comeback, then I guess the mood would be more positive. But I suppose... The fact that you Villa was um, like a more positive mood. It was a better game that we played, and we won that. But losing two nil, uh, conceding two goals when you're two nil up is unacceptable. And even the, I mean, I was talking, I was because it was a two goal uh, comeback. I was, I was reminded of the Spurs game earlier in the season, the North London derby, where Spurs were two zero up, and then you came back. So, I, I get your argument about that. Okay, so let's talk about, I mean, what is the main focal point of today's discussion and obviously been a huge talking point for Arsenal, Granit Xhaka. All right, before I ask you about what Granit Xhaka's future is for Arsenal, do you know what you thought or who would you side with, the fans or Granit Xhaka in that scenario? Or you could side with neither. It's up to you. I think I would side with um, the fans on this one. Because obviously, Xhaka has had a, a pretty bad uh, string of res- uh, form. Has some, had some pretty bad uh, string of results in the previous, uh, in the last few games. So I would side on with the fans by saying that. Okay. And I mean, but do you not think that Jaka has been somewhat, um, I wouldn't say unfairly criticized, but I think the amount of criticism that he's faced uh, as compared to some of the other players, because according to me, and personally watching some of the Arsenal matches, Granit Xhaka has not been the worst player on the pitch for Arsenal. And to probably solely blame him for some of the losses that have, or the draws that Arsenal have gone through. I mean, do you feel that uh, at some point, Xhaka has, is frustrated or fed up by that by being like a scapegoat of sorts. I understand that, obviously, the criticism is really harsh um, on Xhaka. And I think maybe a bit too harsh. But when you actually look at his... He's, he's the captain of the side. I think fans should expect him to play a leading role for the team. Like, if if you see a player like Aubameyang scores almost every game and doesn't get criticized by the fans, but Jaka, being the captain, should really have a leading role and um, should be playing better. I think that's why he's getting um, more criticism and um, why he's a so-called scapegoat inside. Okay. And do you think, okay, as watching it, okay, and I, I want to know what you felt 
when you watched it were you shocked because this is something that i have never seen on a football pitch uh, obviously i've heard the booing and all that uh, that that's uh, normal if you've ever watched him real madrid match but i've never seen like someone really goad fans and kind of uh, i can't say okay i can say it actually tell them to fuck off so i've i've never seen that so especially a captain so what were your thoughts as you saw him do that so number one it was if you if it's a poor he was getting subbed off for an attacking player in bukayoko saka youngster and um, obviously he's walking off the pitch unlike how you should really act if it's too old you should run off the pitch ideally uh, not waste time and obviously he walked off the pitch he took in the criticism and obviously it got to his head which is not great because a captain's should be strong it should ha- they should have a strong mentality um, for the game so i think my initial th- thoughts were that he, he was on the wrong and i still think that he was um he was in the wrong because you know he is the captain after all and obviously he should be a leader he should be a leader in the dressing room on the pitch and to the fans I think what he did initially was wrong. And do you think the fans I mean you you obviously said you sided for with the fans but do you think the fans should actually make their voice like should actually make their opinions felt in in that sort of fashion? I can get it if they criticize post the match but on the while well, during the match you can't really I mean I wouldn't say that it would be right for any fan to boo a player who is doing who's playing for their for the badge or who's playing for them because say what you may i think jaka is one of the only passionate players that arsenal kind of have despite his shortcomings in terms of giving away penalties and fouls and say what you want but i really think that i mean he really plays for arsenal and not for like some players do for the media and for themselves so um do you think that uh, fans should not have booed him uh, yeah so what i think is i think it's fair that they criticized him but i don't think it's fair that they criticized him during the game so maybe um you know do it on af tv which is, seems to be a big enough media for you to portray your feelings about a player i think booing him i mean he was walking off and not running off the fans were wrong but i think jaka was also wrong i yeah i mean i suppose the fact that he's captain makes it even more shocking and the and yeah. erroneous right and you mentioned that a captain should have a level head and should be influential player in the dressing room and stuff like that these players are the ones who chose jaka to be captain So uh I mean you would assume that he has those qualities that you would see as a leader. I just wanted to get your thoughts as to whether when the announcement was made that Jaka was captain did you feel that it was a right decision or did you feel that oh my god here we go why would you do that? Since Cristiano left I didn't think that we had a on through captain i think the message also could have been one but obviously emmanuel and i don't seem to be on the same terms uh, since also has been in this 
has been in the club for a while. Uh, but sure, so is Jaka. And initially, I thought, well, what's the worst that could happen? You know, he could get a few red cards. He could be stripped off his captaincy. But I didn't think this would happen, you know, where he's telling his fans, you know, I don't care about your criticism. That And he's just, it's disrespectful for a captain to do that. Um, and obviously, the players did vote for Xhaka to be captain. And I think it was between two players in the end, um, Mesut and uh, Granite. Um, so, and obviously, fans want Oban to be captain. They want uh, different different players to be captain, but obviously, it has to be a person who's been in the club for a long time, who's consistent, who's consistently in the first team. So I think at the time it would be Granit Xhaka, but I think he would be stripped of his captaincy now. I think he should be. Yeah, but I kind of like disagree about one thing, which is captains need to be consistent in the team. Because if you see for Liverpool, Jordan Henderson is the captain of Liverpool, but you never see him being a consistent player in the first squad, first team squad, right? He's obviously rotated quite a bit. And I get it. Yes, teams tend to keep captains who are of who are regulars on the uh, on the team sheet when you put uh, when you play matches, but I don't I don't see that as a being the norm anymore. I see that obviously that whole rule and that whole atmosphere changing, but when you said that Granijaka is consistent consistently in the first team, do you think that he should be consistently in the first team given how his performances really haven't been haven't uh, been that good and also haven't kind of warranted him being a part of that squad? Obvious, I mean, obviously, I don't think... I think maybe he could be on the bench. But obvious, knowing Unai Amri, I, I know that he won't bench Raka because he, he, he doesn't have enough authority to do... He has the authority, but he doesn't have the courage to do so in dropping who, who was a consistent captain. And um, I think I, I disagree with the fact that I mean obviously Jordan Henderson is a um, important he's an important player to Liverpool but yeah he doesn't start but in, our, in Liverpool's case they have other captains they have James Milner Virgil Van Dijk who captain Netherlands in the Nations League they have Joel Matip they have a lot of experienced players for us I I think. Granite was the one and th- true captain of the start, other than Mesodozo, who's not getting game time anymore. Picking a captain now, if Chaka isn't captain anymore, it would be a difficult decision for Unai, but uh, we just have to see. Okay. And I I mean, I agree. I, I guess the the fact that Chaka's this whole conundrum comes into place is because Arsenal are devoid of any true leadership. Uh, or any two leaders, rather. And I suppose that Jaka was the only and obvious choice for captaincy. And But before... Uh, okay, now let, let's, let's come to the final question, which is where you see Jaka in the future and whether you see him kind of try and make his way back into the first team squad and that way kind of get the fans back onto his side or you think that's it? Jaka's done at Arsenal probably may not be in January, but come next summer, he's out of Arsenal. But before I, uh, before you answer that, I just want to ask you one more thing. So, 
Okay, let let. Why don't you answer that and then I'll ask you my next question. So, uh, where do you see Shaka? Yeah. Okay. I think so. If you see um Shaka's Twitter, his um profile picture used to be him in an Arsenal jersey. Um, but he recently, after the game, obviously changed it to him in a Swiss jersey. So obviously that shows he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to be at the club anymore. I think, um, or he just doesn't like the atmosphere at the club. Um, so I think that his time at Arsenal is done. You know, just just like Safi, Una will just try to let him go, see if any club wants him. We just have to get a replacement, or we don't because we have Ceballos, Pereira, and Gunduzi uh, in the wings waiting to play. So I think his time is done at Arsenal. Okay, and now you've answered it from your perspective. Now think about if you were Unai Emery and the way Unai Emery is. There are two ways of looking at it. Okay, so Unai Emery, while some may believe that he isn't the sort of guy to take a big decision, he's kind of scared. He's not courageous enough to take a huge decision. You could also argue that he's taken a big decision and a huge one at that when. by benching mesut ozil indefinitely i think though he's going to i think play to, in tonight's uh, carabao cup fixture against liverpool but it, he was quite insistent that ozil isn't in his plans any anymore and do you think he can have that that kind of a hard stance on granit xhaka or do you feel unai emery lacks the kind of confidence to make a decision such as kicking jaka out of the club come january or come the summer i mean if you see his press conference of of after the game he just said that you know granite is devastated sad and he obviously i think unai doesn't have the courage to drop granite jaka because obviously he's going to play mesut in the carabao cup and i think the fans are insisting that uh, he should play mesut ozil more frequently so Unai Emery won't drop Granit Xhaka, even though the fans want him to. Even though pretty much everyone wants him to, he's he's coward he's cowardly enough to uh, not stand up to Granit Xhaka, but he's not cowardly enough to stand up to the fans. You know what I mean? Right. So kind of deal with this indoors with Granit Xhaka, but insistently. And does this come down to the fact that he has no other leader in the team, and so he's kind of desperate to keep Granit Xhaka at the club? I think so. That's why put Granit back in the first team. And what and what does that mean for Emery though? Because if you don't have the fans on your side, we've seen how quickly managers can, if they lose the fans, can find themselves in quite a troublesome situation. Do you feel that that could be the case, or that could be the future for Unai Emery if he continues to play a player who has clearly stay has clearly hinted that he doesn't like. the criticism he doesn't like the atmosphere at least i i don't know about his feelings for the club but he doesn't like the fans given that given what he's done this past week yeah so i think that if come the end of the season we don't make champions league the the pressure will pile on unai and i think it'll be sad but obviously you saw banger the criticism piled since, since almost 3 years before he got before he resigned 
And I think if that happens to Unai, Arsenal are in trouble. So my recommendation, if we don't make Champions League, sack Unai. Okay. I suppose, yeah, I think that's been the general consensus now with fans that this guy isn't... I mean, at least from the latest string of results that's, that have happened, that it doesn't seem like Unai Emery knows what his, what his best Leban is, let alone know how to win the important matches, which is against probably the lower teams. So, All right, so I guess that brings us to the end of the podcast. Thank you, Arjun, for being a part of this episode. It was... It was really good to have you give your insights on this really controversial matter. We'd lo- Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. We'd love to have you on for future Arsenal episodes. And as as I was telling Adi as well, I'd love to have you guys for like a North London derby uh, episode where you both can go banter each other. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. I mean, it'll all be fun because I think given the state that both of your clubs are in, it's just going to be hilarious because one will say, yeah, my team's better. Like, not really. <laughs> no, nice dick from a Liverpool fan. Can afford to do so. But I guess today, I mean, is Arsenal's probably best chance at uh, winning at, at Anfield, given that we probably play with a really young squad. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, thanks again for tuning in. Don't forget to leave a like, drop in a comment, share with friends and family. And for football's sake, subscribe to the channel. We are now on seven different podcast platforms. And we're also on Twitter. So you can follow us on Twitter. I'll try and tweet as regular as possible, especially during match match days or even during the controversial stuff. So you can always follow us there. So until next time, see you.